When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is the Tripe Supper, uh, our Borough podcast here at the Gazette, or Teesside Live. I'm Dom Shaw, the host. I'm joined by Phil Talentire and, and Chris Garbutt. Uh, and we're going to talk a few things today. Kits, the World Cup, transfers, obviously. Um, starting with kits, Borough have a new sponsor and, and they'll soon, soon to have new kits. Hummel. Mm. I can't wait to see the kit. I've got a bit of Hummel no. clobber at home. In fact, I had my Hummel tracky bottoms on last night. Um, I was buzzing when that, that was announced. The chevrons are legendary, aren't they? Yeah, you look at some Yeah, people, look at some kits. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new kits haven't been revealed yet. I mean, Rangers have signed with Hummel, haven't they? And mm. I thought you might get a clue from Rangers, but they haven't unveiled their new their new kit yet. It seems a lot of the models that I've seen so far have had the sort of the, the chevrons on the shoulders and they look tight. I mean, the only one that I've seen that's particularly desperate desperate was. Fukushima United's third kit, which was like a salmon, a salmon, you know I've salmon try- pink that, and orange. That's, that's a sentence we haven't heard. No. Do you know what? I've been trying to get that. I've been trying to get hold of it and it's just yeah. sold out everywhere. It wouldn't look good on you, Gav. I mean, <laughs> if it, this was a Facebook Live, he rips off his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Boca Juniors have signed up with Hummel, haven't they? Yeah. Left I don't actually like their new one. I'm a big Boca Juniors um, kit fan. I like their colour co- coordinations. I think it's one of the one of the world classic designs, but I'm not sure I like the one that Hummel's come up with them. It looks a bit messy and a bit a bit um, mm. over designed. But I think uh, I think it's I, I think fans love new kits, don't they? Mm. And, uh, I know there's the argument about cost and changing, you know, two kits every season, which is the thing now. Sometimes three with some club, clubs that have have a third kit. But I do mm. think by the end of a season you're kind of ready for a change, aren't you? And um, I, I thought Adidas did some good kits over the years. Um, I thought they were much more consistent than, for example, the Array. I never really liked the Array's kits, and I think actually they've improved a lot since Borough haven't been getting yeah. their kits from Array. I think most of theirs were, haven't aged well, and some of them at the time were pretty desperate, in my opinion. You talk about late 90s technology there. Though. Yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of kits from that era. I mean, look, look at the famous Arsenal kit from the early 90s that was like yellow with. With like blue pyramids or whatever mm. it was, I mean it was horrific. Man United had one, didn't they, in the early eighties, uh, an Adidas kit with all sorts of strange blue designs. And it. so the Borough weren't the only ones, but I do think Area never really matched the big companies in, in my there's view. There's still a few great shirts. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing I, th- I, th- I think that you know when I think about the Adidas ones is the literally you look around every Adidas club. And they're just cut and paste down. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. all, all I've done basically is just put the badge over, over one of the others and, and, and the sponsor, and yeah. that's it. I think the two I've liked have been the, more or less the last, not the last couple of last, but one. The, the, the last season's kit I thought was great. The plain white band on the red shirt. And I thought the, um, I quite like, even though I'm a big white band man and I believe it should stay for every kit. I thought the diagonal white band worked really well like, in the in like the, the sash, like sash, wasn't it? Yeah, like, I, I personally like that. I but think it looked a little unorthodox when it was tucked in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Eri had some belting kits. Yeah, I was no, say, sorry, oh, absolutely yeah, belting. My, my, my favourite was the uh, was the um, like the green and dark green. Few people said that. Classic. Unbelievable. Yeah, the, the promotion. Yeah. 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 It was in ninety four, ninety five. Ninety four, ninety five. Yes. I never liked. Was it Jaden Hunter or something like that? It was Dickens' sponsor. Dickens. Yeah. 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 yeah but the colours were something like. Was it yeah. Jaden like, yeah, Hunter. Yeah. 
I remember seeing. I had that home shirt still. That yeah, yeah. I, I think with the transporter yeah. embedded in. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. one of the, the best kits they had actually. Underwear, but for me, it just looked a little bit manuey. If I, if I, you know, I thought it was a nice, clean kit. It looked yeah. well designed. It looked neat on the players, but it wasn't. Didn't strike me as a Borough kit. It's funny, isn't it? How yeah. old shirts immediately make you think of a memories. Player. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so yeah, for yeah, example, yeah. the blue and white, the light blue and white. Um, striped away shirt yeah. Argentina type shirt yeah, yeah. that immediately makes me think of um, Gaza scored a free kick at yeah. Southampton yeah. I mean John Motson I think of Rickard yeah, yeah, yeah. the black yeah. uh, see uh, the, for me I think of Rickard but that black away shirt at Arsenal when yeah, they yeah. Arsenal 3-0 yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that light blue the light blue striped one it reminds me of uh, Dean Gordon thundering yeah. on him Old Trafford I always remember going to buy a pair of boots from um, Sports and soccer, as it was back then, when it was in uh, Cleveland Centre, like on the corner where the Barclays yeah, Bank is yeah, now. Yeah. And I went in to buy a pair, and I was buying a pair of you know when they had like the fake Predators, so, like, <laughs> the, the forty quid version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the fella who was there is like, oh, Dean Gordon's been in this morning and bought four pairs, and I walked out thinking. Dean Gordon's got the same boots. <laughs> I imagine that he'll have bought the real ones. Yeah, the top the ones. That, I mean, the thing yeah. that gets me about uh, the Borough kit. And, I, and you know, again, I, I do get on my high horse about things like kits, which is ridiculous. But I think I think that's what fans are like. They get upset about certain things that to outsiders seem ridiculous. But yeah. I think I'd like to see Borough adopt a proper away colours and stick to them. Blue and black for me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that you know that's one thing that's annoyed me over the years about Borough is that they've gone from like yellow shirts one season. Uh, you a lot of clubs do it. Oh yeah, yeah, but uh, like sort of light blue and white stripes, as you've said, Gabs. Yeah. Um, you could name any mirror, just about every colour, colour under the book. Well, like it, should, it should almost be like a uniform. Well, right? I think some clubs over the years. I mean, you think of the seventies. Liverpool always had that yellow away kit, didn't they, for a while? And before that, it was like white shirts with black shorts. And Man United tended to wear white shirts with black shorts away from home. And like Leeds had an all yellow kit. Um, Chelsea had an all yellow kit. I, I don't really care what colour it is. I prefer, as you said, Dom. The, I like the, blue the black and blue because it in, works in, well. That reminds it, me because it looks smart. But I just don't know how you can go from like having a yellow shirt one season again to having black the yeah, next yeah. season, and it, it smacks of I don't know. I like brand identity, and I think your club should have a bit of pride about what colours it wears. Well, that, that's that the argument takes you, you know, to, to the white band sort of topic yeah. of conversation, isn't it? Should that be a feature on every single Borough home shirt? I mean, I know, I know that. In sort of living memory time, it's it, you know it's been Borough's identity. But you go back to like the, the you know b- before the seventies, and it what Borough never you know historically didn't always no. have a white band on the shirt. It's, it's they, often, they often had a white something on the shirt though. But back in the thirties, and I think you go back a long time now. But the the team that did very well in the late thirties had like a white shoulder, mm. white shoulders, not white sleeves, but white shoulders that looked white, mm. you know, look look nice. So I think there yeah. have been slight. Designs away from a player. There's just so many red shirts, isn't there? Would you know the, the you know the the PR side of things that Hummel have, have put out alongside Middlesbrough since the deal was announced, um, and I, the tagline is you know the spirit of '86. Mm. Isn't it? I, I hope it's like a, yeah. a throwback yeah. to that kit, which was class. There's a yeah. mint mint photo mogger like yeah, on one knee, one about, like yeah. ball under his arm yeah. just for that kit on. It just looks class. I've got high hopes for the Hummel training gear as well. Yeah, some, yeah. Of the, some of the tracky, some of the tracky tops, tops are really quality. Smart, yeah. I had one in nineteen. Not I didn't have a Middlesbrough one, but I had one in. I think I bought it in nineteen eighty six. So I'm aging myself here. Did drastically. I had a light, like a, a blue Hummel tracksuit yeah. with a white 
chevron sleeves. No, I wish I had. Because <laughs> we could do that. Well, the other thing as well, I'm not likely to get into it, even if I did have it. But um, I, I just, yeah. I, I, it was just a class design. I mean, obviously, that was their kind of, that was their era, the, yeah. the mid to late 80s, when they first broke through with Denmark. Um, and then obviously you had the, they, they went big in England after that and they made some horrific kits as well mm. some real classics um, some of the kits in the early 90s but as we've talked about yeah. some, some real some real belters and some real ones you'd really want to forget about any horror horror shows away kits spring to mind um, I'll tell you what, was, what I thought was monkey that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> monkey that's a good word very very monkey kit um, you know the white it was like, like purple no 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 it was like, like oh, yeah, that, blue, that was shocking blue doxy yeah. it almost looks like a white shirt didn't fit any of the players at all and it just looked like someone like spray painted blue down it and, and, and then across as well, as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 When, you know when um, that unbelievable that was the relegation goal. season wasn't it 96-7 yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah when you know the goal we, like the ultimate passing team move at Old Trafford when yeah. the, all the Man United fans started clapping Janino's goal yeah that was in that, yeah. And like, it, like Janino looked, it, like it looked literally seven times too big for him. That shit. I might be wrong here completely. Wasn't the badge on the back? It was on the arm. Oh, was it? I knew. Yeah. I knew <laughs> it was something. Yeah. I knew there was something yeah. different. It had like it had like burr, burr. Bur- bur- <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we're doing hand gestures here, by the way. Yeah. So like you, that, you, that you can't see. That white purple one. It just looked so bad on players. Horrific. It yeah. was the wrong material, and it was bizarre how they had that sort of. Chest band, double. It was like a double band, wasn't it? Yeah. They had it one season for the home kit, but then they brought it. I can't remember which way around it was. And then they had it the following season for the away kit, or vice versa. I'm thinking, well, yeah. most clubs have the same design in the same season. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Uh, do you know what? There was a season back in, obviously, maybe it was in the late '80s, early '90s. Borough was sponsored by ICI, and obviously we had our red shirt. But they, they did two. I don't know whether it was like a third kit, but they did two away shirts, and it was like one was like well, white, was, one was white, and one was blue, and it well, had like in the ninety four ninety five as well. They had the, the green and and yeah, that was but the, then they had the blue and the blue and black was the start of the following season, wasn't it? After promotion with the Warrior yeah. Arsenal, when then um, Bambi Bambi was played, played oh, and right. that, I think that's when that came in because I remember it standing because it was a return to the blue and black. Yeah. Uh, there's you know they do the retro shirts in the club shop. Yeah, they've yeah. got they've got them them ones I'm on about them blue and white ones. Um, in there, like the blue ones got like white speckles on it with ICI on it, and the light and the blue ones got white ones. Looks good. They're they're, they're nice kits. The um, yellow shirt from a couple of years ago. I remember I remember being struck by, and I don't know whether it was because it's yellow and it's eye catching. But I remember being struck by uh, away games in particular. How how many fans? Wore yeah, them. yeah. Mm-hmm. Old, you know the penalty shootout, all traffic. Yeah, who wore they wore it that night? Didn't yeah, they? yeah. Well, I, think, I, think I remember. I think they had a pre-season at York. It might have been the day Alex Baptiste got in. Yeah, it was. And and behind the goal that day, it, there was so many in yeah. yellow, more in yellow well, than in red. This is, it goes back to getting little five percent. in football. Surely it matters to an extent what your kit colour is in terms of just player identity on the. I think particularly some night matches. I think players can get lost in the background and when you've got like a, a, a blue and black striped shirt I'm sort of talking against my own argument here but that surely doesn't stand out in the way that the yellow shirt you've just mentioned stands out um, but, but I, you know I don't suppose companies worry too much about stuff like that all of that yeah. famous time that Alex Ferguson made his money back players change at half time because it was 3-0 down yeah, yeah, and, the, and there's, there's bright and then there's that awful luminous yellow number that Man City had I think it might have been around the days of Sean Good yeah I don't know whether you saw that um, obviously you, you mentioned earlier about Hummel signing with Rangers 
uh, and they're releasing a third kit and I don't think they've released the actual design but they sort of did a when they did the announcement yeah. sort of teased the fans where they've put we will be releasing a third kit but yeah. Rangers badge and the Hubble badge is orange so like, like all their, all their yeah. fans are now saying like oh is our third kit going to be orange that's yeah. quite clever PR that isn't it yeah, to, yeah. to yeah. get the fans talking and there's certainly a brand I mean I know that they've the, the been around the block for years and years but there's certainly a brand back on the up Hubble yeah. More yeah, 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 yeah. I remember like a few yeah. years ago when New Balance started getting more and more kits. I think you know better than me, Phil. I think England cricket, um, yeah. Liverpool, yeah. There was several kind of major moves New yeah. Balance made yeah. in, in a couple of yeah. years, and it feels like Hummel are the same. Well, it's weird, isn't yeah. it? I just went through a phase of seeing have nearly every club mm. over the last few Nike years. Nike have done it as well. Nike have yeah. done it, and I, I do think those. I, I do think they get it right more often. I agree with your point, Gavs, about a lot of teams have similar gear, particularly training gear. But I do think the big firms, I think they've got a little... They probably don't take quite as many risks as maybe as a new company on the up does. Mm. Um, and obviously, Array, they were the new kids on the block. And that, that was a good deal for them, wasn't it? Yeah. They made their names, in, really, in this country, on the back yeah. of Burra. Mm-hmm. A Burra team that was on the, yeah. on the up. Um, you know the Hill Street Centre is going to be stinking of Hummel leisure wear soon. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'll take off, like, what were we on about like weird design? What, what was the idea behind those three quarter sleeves one kit? Do you remember there was Boxitch had that? I was that the Carlin Cup time. season? I don't that, that. Like, they had a red kit and then a couple of all red kits, and one of them was it was a particularly weird sleeve design that was deliberately extra long. Do you know what? I don't know if bo- I remember seeing boxes here. I don't know whether you used to roll I, it. See, up. I just thought he used to do that thing where you kind of roll and then yeah. let it let it ride over yeah. the top. So put it up to your elbows so they get yeah, the, and then the, let the, 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 the foliage the ride foliage. over the top. <laughs> um, it, was, it, it was just a joy to watch in any game. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. When we were talking, uh, sorry, when I was talking to Massimo Macaroni last week for that interview talking about strikers and I, I'd, I'd almost forgotten that he, there was a crossover between him and Boxic there was a year and it was a year when Boxic wasn't really doing much um, and, and I, you know you've got to think Macaroni obviously played with Aduga and uh, Yakubu Hasselbank and when I'd said you know who was the best he played with in a heartbeat he said Boxic uh, he pointed out quality. as every player does who played with him when he was on his day, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> the, that's the line. That's the tag in it. That's, that's, that's the, that goes in brackets after Vaduka <laughs> and yeah, many yeah. other players as well. But particularly those Boxic was very much when he could be bothered, wasn't he? I don't think you can be scared of saying that Boxic was world class on well, his well, day. Well, yeah. you know, it's World Cup coming up, and <coughs> Boxic would have got into most, if not all, at his best of the squads oh, for this for this World Cup. Wouldn't yeah, he? yeah, he was, he was a. You know, he, 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 I would put him in the bracket, or he, I don't think he had the work ethic or the commitment of a Ibra, Ibrahimovic. But equally, that sort of big man ability to be just the boss of the pitch, that presence, yeah, yeah. like Viduka had it, uh, Boxic had it, one or two players do have it. Like world he had a nice top. look of arrogance about it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. I think it must, you know, it must help when you're six foot two, three, four, whatever he is, and you know, you stand there and you like throw your sh- throw yeah. the shoulders out and the, the chin's up, isn't it? And it's, you think, if he fancies it today, yeah. he can score as many goals as he wants. He reminded me the way he held himself. Uh, of Cantona yeah, yeah, shoulders yeah, yeah, back yeah, yeah. and chest yeah. out you know kind I, of you knew he was on the pitch I remember I remember going to if Fil- were at home. remember going to Filbert Street and watching him pick the yeah. ball up on the halfway line oh, I remember he that. ran forward about yeah. 10 yards and somehow chipped the keeper and the yeah. keeper was on his line it <laughs> <laughs> was you remember that he just did, yeah, yeah. He, he was one of those players that when you, he kind of thought he's going to have five he has five minutes it changes the game and then just switches off again. What yeah, about yeah. chips, lobs, international football? Were you not at the Pavarski game? I was indeed, yeah. I you was were at the uh, section. You were at the Czech Republic. 
Yeah, it was at uh, Villa Park, I think. Portugal against um, Czech Republic, did you say? Yeah, well, yeah, was, yeah, it was, was, was Czech, wasn't, wasn't it? Yeah, sorry, yeah, they got the final, didn't they? Yeah, because I remember that was uh, it was a really hot night, sunshine, and it wasn't the greatest game. But I just remember Pavorsky, um It was like a sort of a, like a, what do you call it? Like a, he put his like a chip. Yeah, the, it was the, like, like a scoop, like a scoop, a scoop like, yeah, like a golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost like dead. Uh, deadied the ball didn't he so yeah. it just it just lifted on its own momentum but if I remember rightly he got some lucky knocks on the way through yeah. and being yeah. a couple of men but he got a couple yeah. of kind of lucky rich sometimes get that do you when players score when players score in worldy there's often a good little deflection that goes yeah. forward the two chips that, that spring to mind when you talk about that I remember Cantona doing oh, it against Sunderland yeah. when he just yeah. when he didn't even celebrate he just turned round was it Lionel Perez in goal for Sunderland yeah Lionel and then uh, remember uh, Philippe Albert chipped Schmeichel oh, yeah. for Newcastle ah. <laughs> Well, another in that Euro '96, I wasn't there. That the uh, uh, Suka, you remember Suka? Damo Suka. Yeah. He, he chipped uh, Peter Schmeichel, which is always nice to see. He could play, couldn't he? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love talking about. Like, they were a great uh, team. That generation, that, that those Cro- I mean, it's the Croatia's population. What is it? The something similar yeah, yeah. to um, Wales is or yeah. something like that. We could do, we could actually do a full podcast on. Classic nineties footballers, couldn't you? Like, yeah. da, like you haven't, I haven't heard that Davos Suka in it for like oh. about ten years. Um, and and you know, when you look back at former Borough uh, page, and I remember when we did on this Borough day on a daily basis, and it tended to be that if there was a player who was performing well in Europe or for for his country at that point. Borough were linked with him. Yeah, yeah well, Borough, Borough were at one point. I mean, that was Brian Robson's ambition, wasn't it? Was to he, he felt Borough could go for anybody, and Steve Gibson. Would back him, and I think there was a, there was a brief spell where Borough's financial clout between say ninety six and ninety eight. It was a very small window, maybe it was ninety nine, something like that, enabled them to go out and and and, and table bids that would is a good old cliche there table bids yeah. for for just about anybody. Hence the reason that you know the, the, the signed Ravenelli on what was then was eye watering wages. Yeah, but. Um, it, that only lasted a short period because the sky money and then the big oligarchs came in and before you knew it, Borough's, Borough's time at the top table kind of ended. Well, but Borough went out and signed Brazilian footballer of the year, Janinho. And nearly got Roberto Carlos, by the but way. To go, and do, to, to go and do that yeah. in today's climate, it's yeah. like going and sign Neymar yeah. now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they couldn't. I mean, the thing is, I think the difference is that in that climate then as well, there were players nobody had heard of. Yeah, you yeah, had right. the market. I mean, nowadays every scouting network of a club of a certain size has just about every player in the world on their database. Yeah, so there's no surprise. There's no who the best yeah, player yeah. is at Sao Paulo and at Corinthians and and Palmeiras and and, and at somewhere in Venezuela. In those days, you could you could get you could get ahead in the race. Just by, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Brian Robson spotted. Uh, Janino playing for uh, against England, didn't he at Wembley in 1995 in the uh, Umbro Cup? Uh, yeah, so, so, so on, on that, um, because Frank Lampard, obviously new Derby manager, is still going to the World Cup, isn't yeah. he, as, as a pundit? Um, you know for a fact if Derby lose the first two or three games, it's going to be the finger <laughs> pointing there. What have you but, been doing all summer? Yeah, but I mean, under McLaren and Robson, who were both assistants to Venables and then Sven, you know, their, their managers went away. And, and, and in, in numerous cases, it worked in their favour because McLaren approached Janino the second time yeah, around, did, didn't yeah. while, they, while they were away on international duty. So yeah. it can work both ways, can't yeah. it? I do, I do think it's like a, it's a double-edged sword, as you say. It's, it's good in terms of the fact that you've got your coach, or manager indeed in Robson's case, working with the best players in the country and, and, and watching his players playing against the best players in the world. 
so learning and, and, and obviously hopefully learning from the particular England manager at the time, whoever it was, as you say, Venables, or picking up tips. And Robson was a young manager on the way up anyway, wasn't he? Very inexperienced when he first went to Middlesbrough. McLaren's slightly different in that he was already a very experienced coach when he came to Borough. But um, I also think it's a distraction. I do, I do believe, you know, particularly, particularly the, the great example about Lampard, because you know, the World Cup goes on in the middle of July, doesn't it? Mm. And now presumably he'll be a pundit virtually till then you know but do you really want your, your manager people say well you're only a phone call away and I'm sure he'll be doing stuff in his room to keep in touch with his coaches and his team back at Derby but really I'd want to be on the ground would you not first management yeah. job at a new club where the pressure really is on to get results as you say Dom immediately I'd want him there I'd want him in the office every day I'd want him on the training ground with the players I'd probably want the trainers, tr- players to come back a bit sooner well, so he could get to know them quickly even, even if it, you know like you, you mentioned earlier on, the, the players come back first week in July, the window shuts in beginning of August, August so you've got five August. weeks to assess his squad. So what you'd hope really is that you know he needs to learn very, very quickly, he doesn't know anybody in the squad, you'd hope that he wouldn't be going to the World Cup and he'd be spending, he'd be spending the next five, six weeks before the players come back watching every game of last season. And you know, which I'm at, sure he will be. Yeah, well, he's, but, but, but I mean, he's, he's going to struggle to do that while he's, well, he's, he's, he's well. I mean, he's got his sense of being doing that for the last week, week and for the next week or two before he goes off to Russia. But Tony Pulis does have a slight advantage, does he not? In that when you look at the teams who you'd probably expect on paper to be in and around them, um, Swansea new manager Graham Potter's not yet confirmed or isn't at the time of, of recording here. Uh, Darren Moore, who's, who's in, but obviously yeah, he, he was in charge, obviously, he knows the players. Uh, well, anyway, Gary Rowett at Stoke, Frank Lampard at Derby. Yeah. Like you say, what, what, you know, if they get the players back last week of June, say six yeah. weeks, to to assess who what they've got, get decide them. what they yeah. want, look to ship a couple out, mm. and then make stuff happen. Mm. You know, for for, for Pulis to, to have said after that Villa game, I know what's needed. It it's a good mm. head start for Borussia. Well, and the clubs that you've mentioned there are all the top three, four, five fancy teams Stoke I think Stoke are favourites West Brom second Borough third favourites for, for promotion um, so you know all, all of them clubs have, have, have got a lot to adjust, you know a lot of adjustments to make haven't they maybe not, not Darren Moore but you know they, they've got to go in and, and, and very quickly get to know their squad and, and, and get to know who they want and who they don't whereas Pulis is you know hopefully been spending the last two three four months doing that you know so mm-hmm. yeah Borough have got a head start and they need to make that camp come, uh, come, come the beginning of August because you need to, you need to hit, the, hit the ground running I just, I just think if I was Frank Lampard I think I, 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 I wouldn't have my head in, in the World Cup I'd have my head on that's what I mean I just you know it's it's, um, it's like um, I don't know I can't think of an example it's like starting a new job in any environment you know but you can't really get on with it because you sidetrack doing something else yeah. you, if you've got an exciting new challenge like he's got surely he's he should have just said, "Look, um, you know, I, I can't come to the World Cup. I've taken on this big job. It's a big commitment. It's a huge. It's, it's a big club derby. In the way that we'd be disappointed if I think I think if he was all sat here now, you know, let's say you know uh, Tony Pulis decided to leave at the end of the season and Borough appointed Frank Lampard, I think we'd all be a little bit right. disappointed that he wasn't going to be walking back through the doors at Rockcliffe till till. I mean, he might have a clause in his contract where he goes after the knockout uh, before the knockout rounds. I don't know. I'm sure he must. He must have. Because, well, he won't be sitting until July 15th. I mean, There's only exactly, three weeks before the season yeah, starts. I mean, it? the Borough players are due back on what the 26th or 27th, the first week, the first day of that week, whatever that happens. To be. That's only what, a couple of weeks away now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, Tony Pierce, uh, it, uh, next season's really already starting. 
The yeah. I think the season starts 23 days after the World Cup finishes. Yeah. Our season. I mean, I think obviously the World Cup won't affect us greatly, but I mean, the World Cup will go right into the middle of July. 15th which, of July. Which, you know, the, I, think, I think the uh, the last World Cup finished first, for, uh, I think something like the first or second of July, mm. but, you know, early on in July anyway. So there was a little bit of a, mm. of, of, of a pause. Um, but Maybe he's got contractual commitments you know maybe you can't back out I don't know yeah. I mean it, it, it might argue that I'm looking at players the other he might have it as a scout yeah. I mean that was I know Ron Atkinson went to one major tournament when I think he was at Villa off the top of my head years ago and uh, they started the following season badly I think and, mm. and suddenly you've got that accusation that you had, didn't have your head in the game mm. um, well he said didn't he Lampard because he'd been pictured at the League 2 playoff final and in his unveiling he'd said uh, someone had said to him, you, you, "You were spotted at the League Two playoff final. Is that the type of player you're looking for?" He said, "Well, I'm going. To, I'm going to be a pundit at the World Cup, and I'm not targeting Lionel Messi." <laughs> <laughs> so, I think um, he's got a bit about him actually. Last I think, part. Yeah, and, and, and back uh, to the pundit. Thing, yeah, I think he's excellent. Yeah, I think he's good. I think. I think what. I think what's pleasing as well is you've seen a couple of man- We've seen a couple of high-profile former England players. Um, Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard going to management, and the worry was, or has been, quite tough jobs. Well, well, also. The the, 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 the the good good talented experienced English footballers weren't going into management because it was seen as too much hassle. So you 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 know you saw for example Rio Ferdinand's a pundit, isn't he doing well? Gary Linick has been a pundit Jamie for Redknapp. years. Jamie Redknapp, you know, are, are we losing something because these players are retiring and they don't need the money? And the, what, what, what more importantly, they don't need the grief. Well, I think it was Gary Neville. I mean, I know Gary Neville it didn't work for him at Valencia, um, but. When you watch it, he's got a good football brain. Hasn't oh, he? I, think, I think I think he's, I think he's, he's street, the best. I think yeah. he's streets ahead of anyone, and I, yeah. I think surely with all that knowledge, and he and he and he, you know, he puts it across well as well. Mm. I think surely, you know, he's a strange appointment. It was a bad move. Yeah. That it was yeah. a bad move all day long. Yeah. You know? But he said, didn't he? I couldn't look myself in the mirror and take myself seriously if I turned down the the, the offer of going to manage a club. It like wasn't as bad as where did um, where did Tony Adams go with that famous clip? But he showed them out and come out. And, come out. <laughs> <laughs> it just made really work here in this this forum. But like sprinting forward for a yard and coming back for a yard. And not being able to speak the lingo and just yeah. looking people and yeah. throwing your arms off. It doesn't work with waiters and it doesn't work with footballers, <laughs> does it, when you're abroad? Uh, the, the early deadline um, this summer, is, is that a good thing or a bad thing for Borough and Tony Pulis? Um, well, in the case of get, getting a head start on, on, on some of your rivals, then maybe maybe a good thing. You know, I would imagine that as soon as the final whistle went at Villa Park, 20, 20 minutes later... Tony Pugh had a microphone in front of him and he said, I know what I need, I know what's necessary. So, you know, I would like to think that the ball the ball is in motion, the wheels are turning with regards to that, whereas, you know, some other clubs may not may not be in that fortunate situation. So um I, I think it's good also for the fact that when, when when the season does start and everybody's got in the mind that like there's another month before the, the window shuts, it's almost as if like the first three or four games of the season aren't real. Yeah. Isn't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where like it's a feeling like we'll I do, do, I, do I want to cheer this player on? You know, do, is this player going to be here in three weeks' time? Um, so it's, I think it's good that it shuts sharpish after, is it three, four days after the first game? Yeah. So Harry Redknapp last year, for example, at Birmingham, I remember in the first two, three, four games, um, the results weren't going to plan for them. Yeah. And he kept saying, we, when I get my squad together, yeah. we'll be in the mix. When I get my squad yeah. together, we'll be in the mix. And then, you probably realised six weeks later, you know, I'm not getting there's a lot the of football. Squad I wanted. I'm, not, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, it, it offers clarity, it, it, doesn't there's it? A, there's yeah. a lot of football in August, and there's a lot of important games. I mean, I remember you could, you could make the argument that Borough probably missed out on automatic promotion in 2014 15 because of the bad start they made. 
Um, was that the season mm. beat the home by Reading? Reading and Sheffield Wednesday. Well, I think it was that season, season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because I think Boston and Wilshire came in later in the window. And uh, you could put part of that down to the fact that Aitor didn't have his squad. You yeah. know, Bamford came in after the start of the season as well. So I think the only worry is, and I don't think it's going to be a problem here at Borough, but there is a worry that you can still sell. And I can imagine some, some you know, um, chairman at clubs where they've got a real hot asset and um, it go, money yeah, assuming money gets offered and you, you end up selling your best asset and thinking well we'll pick up a replacement in January because the money's just too good to be true now that could happen and it could, so there's that possibility but I think I mean it's just so tedious isn't it the window gone you know it's like you say you know you, you've got you, you're playing you know it's a month of it's a, nowadays August is a month of of football before the first international break and the vast majority of that time is spent wondering whether you're going to lose your best midfielder or whether you can sign a centre back or whether you can you know whether the manager's going to get any money yeah. it's 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 crazy really Do you know what, you, you, you ta- sorry guys go on yeah, so you're talking there about like the season starting off we're all like looking forward to it like the World Cup hasn't even started yet, yeah. right? And I'm I'm already dreading the first international window. <laughs> <laughs> like when you said that, like August kicks off, you only play like four games, don't you? Like, and you're, you're like, that, there's, the, there's the two start. That is a horrendous yeah, international come break. Come close back to back, don't they? Yeah. Anyway, roll them next week. <laughs> um, just finally, it favours the players as well, doesn't it? That they get that they get that bit more clarity because I don't think it yeah. favours anyone, does it? When when players are starting for clubs and. They've had the heads turned. Mm. They probably know they're going to go. This kind of auctions rumbling on mm. in the background. You know, we we spoke about how the uncertainty of players maybe not knowing what they're going to do and whatnot. I mean, fragment Saint Martin Braithwaite now. This is an opportunity for him to, to you know, if he doesn't want to be at Borough next year, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I don't know, but. If he goes and rips the World Cup up in, 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 in you know in, over the next four weeks, does he then become a majorly sellable asset for Borough? Well, the thing is, if he rips the World Cup, I mean, maybe he's an asset that Borough shouldn't be overlooking in terms of for their own. Mm. You know, I, 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 it's interesting what you're saying. You know, um, Tony did say, didn't he? As, as uh, uh, Dom, you just repeated there that he said, "I, I know exactly what I want." And I, I, I don't, has he has he really really assessed all of had time to really assess all of the players as close as he you know would really want to and then a, a lot of them yes but I mean quite a few of them went out in January um, he sold a couple um, you know I'm sure he's got a good idea about 80% of the squad but there must yeah. be players there he wants to spend I mean surely he wants again the World Cup won't help in this but I'm sh- surely he would want a pre-season with Braithwaite he's not more though, the suggestion was that it was Braithwaite who, who was keen on the move. Yeah, and yeah. Bill's idea as well. If he yeah. doesn't want, if he yeah. doesn't want to be, yeah. I, I get that. I understand that. But I kind of think, well, you've got a, an asset there who cost the best part of nine million quid or whatever it was. Um, maybe was, both of them could having three or four weeks of intensive training. Could he learn, to get learn yeah, more yeah. about each other? He could have a job to do. I don't yeah. know. I mean, obviously the manager has to decide who he wants and who he doesn't want. It's, he, he stands or falls by his decisions. But yeah. it's quite. A, Quite. I mean, how long had Braithwaite been at the club when uh, Sir Pugh's been at the club when Braithwaite left? Braithwaite left. Was it a month? Pretty much I mean, back end of the window. So he'd only really had four. Started weeks. what one game? The first home game. Yeah. And he's never really played yeah. in his strongest. He's rarely played in his strongest position at Borough. Yeah. So perhaps you can understand why he was a little bit frustrated. And um, you're right. We don't know what's gone on behind the scenes. There might have been. There might have been words. They might have uh, failed to you know, come to an understanding on his best position. You don't know what's gone on. So it, it may be that Braithwaite's been the architect of his own downfall. But To what, um, to what extent do you think that um, 
Pulis will have a scouting eye on the World Cup, or do you think Borough will have a team out there? I, I think he'll already that, that have, was he'll already have ideas as to who he wants in each in each department. Yeah. I think it's one of those where if 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 an opportunity arises after the World Cup with with a certain player, then obviously the, you, you look at it. But mm. I, I don't think, for example, he, uh, for one minute, Pulis or any other Championship manager, will think. Uh, I want a left-sided midfielder, for example. I'll see what's on. I'm going to go and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a really bad. I think it's a really bad um, place to make an audition as well at World Cup because yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen players have great World Cups and come into? I mean, I think I'm I'm thinking of Romania after the '94 World Cup where they had five, four or five players who looked absolute world beaters. Mm. You know, you had Roy, Radichoyu, for example, came on. I think he went to West Ham and he just didn't settle. You know, Poborski mm. didn't really do it well, when he came to Man United. Jordi Cruyff, um, again, went to Man United. He didn't really look the part. I mean, I think managers don't really do that anymore. But there was a spell, certainly in the 90s, particularly, I think, and then the early 2000s. Well, Liverpool signed Salif Diaw yeah. on the back of that. It does happen. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that it does happen. But I think, I, think, I, think, I think managers are less likely to use it as a, as a guide to who's a great player. Yeah. You know, you, you see somebody having a great a couple of games in a World Cup. And they get signed in a blaze of glory, and by the end of October, they've played three games. They're unsettled. They're not used. To, I don't think it happens as much now, but they struggle. I think the thing as well is so, yeah. so often now you hear managers talking about how they sign more than the player, and and you know that they, they find out what he's like. I can't remember. Was it Liverpool? I can't remember the the, the club that kind of go and watch players in their, in their everyday lives, almost stalk them to yeah, kind yeah. of find out what, the their, what their routine mm. is during the day, what they, what they do when they're not playing football. And, yeah. and if you're signing someone, mm. you know, a week after he's, mm. he's impressed in two or three games, you don't get the... Unless he's been on your radar and you've yeah. gone over almost <coughs> just to justify, what, to back up your view, then you're not getting that, that view, are you? No, no. A couple of examples that spring to mind for me is, is Real Madrid spending... Hammers. 70, 80 million on Hammers Rodriguez, mm. who... You know, I, I, I'd be a lying man to say I'd even heard of him before yeah, that World Cup. I swear, I'd never even heard of him. Yeah. And another, another one is, you know, if if you did sort of only judge it on on on, um, on tournament performances, then how Robson Kane would have been playing for Real Madrid, wouldn't yeah. he? You know, like, yeah. it, it was it was yeah. incredible, wasn't it? I don't think like, yeah, Sam Vokes would have been there. Lewandowski's a player. Don't get me started on Wales getting the semi-finals, please. Uh, just finally, because this is probably Wales, the last. Wales or Bills. <laughs> uh, this will be the last tripe I think before England play the first game um, so we'll go with some predictions England what do we reckon uh, what before no we'll get another one next week won't we yeah we'll like squeeze one in next week but we're going to have pretend we don't pretend we don't oh did, did you mean for the big game against Costa Rica no? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do we reckon uh, look I, I'll be drastically disappointed if England don't get out of the group uh, Tunisia Okay, you know they might be tough. They might they might make it difficult for England, but we should be beating Tunisia and Panama. Uh, it then comes down to the shootout against Belgium, doesn't it? Um, I think it'll be a one-two, Belgium England or England Belgium either way, um, and then you, you you go from there. But yeah, I think England should get out group. I think England should win the first egg match, and I think the problem is if they don't, it puts huge pressure on for the remaining two games. And I think that's why Southgate will be desperate to get any sort of win. To get the campaign mm. up and running, um, and they should win. They should be beating, as you say, they should be beating Tunisia. Some talented young players in that England team, and I don't really get the argument that they haven't been there and done it because people were saying that about Germany um, a few years ago. You know, before they played England in two thousand and ten, yeah. that, that that new generation of German players. Well, 
every player has to be an unknown become, before he becomes a known and yeah. then he becomes a superstar so, so too often you worry about what players have done it's, it's maybe it's nice for, for a new group of players to make their own history do you think that, the, that this squad I mean they really are going there with they say about the pressure of, of performing for England in big tournaments and so on and so forth Surely they can't have that weight of expectancy on their shoulders because there's nothing coming from the nation yeah. expectancy wise. No. I, 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 I never really quite get that. Um, well, the, the, after the throws against Iceland, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't get me wrong. I think part, I think that all comes down to just bad management. The players didn't know what the job roles were. They didn't know what the tactical plan was. It was clear they didn't have a plan B. I think. I think. I think crucially, I thought, but, it, was a, I thought it was a case of shirking responsibility. Yeah. Iceland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, but, but I think, I think this, what you're saying is that those players have been in big matches this season. Yeah. You know, there's those play. They, these aren't players who are who, who, who are just you know um, taking it easy. They've they've played in some high octane games. You know, you've got Henderson who's just come back from the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. You've got players in that Delhi Alley who's put you know big high profile games that would have Champions League finishes riding on them. Right through that team, there are players. You know, Kyle Walker, Man City. There's no pressure. I think the difference is it's a different type of pressure because you haven't got. That one, one or two players in the team who can get you out of trouble. So mm. Liverpool would be more Salah, for example. Mm. Man City have got four or five match winners, haven't they? Mm. Um, I think that's the difference. Is it when the pressures come on them to deliver? So it's going to be a big tournament for Harry Kane. I think he, he could he could come out of that potentially a world star. Yeah, and he's got the attributes, but but he also could come out of it as late, the latest England player to flop at a big tournament. So there's, there's yeah. obviously the Gareth Southgate um, link, which we should have probably talked about. Probably gives us Doing an idea week, for next yeah. week. Yeah, Phil, you haven't worked closely with him when he was in charge at Borough. Uh, so yeah, thanks for that. Uh, cheers, Gav. Cheers, Phil.